Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Good morning, Tom Ackerman with you at 10.06. Before we get into baseball, I do want to bring on a guest right away, and his name is Lucas Rugley, who's doing amazing work here in the St. Louis area with Love the Lou. Lucas, uh, I, I woke up this morning and thought, I need to call you, and I need to hear your voice and your words as we start off today with heavy hearts uh, every yeah. and, and anger and sadness and fear. Uh, from everything that we saw on TV and heard on the radio overnight going into today. How are you this morning, Lucas? Well, I'm doing well, Tom. I uh, appreciate the uh, uh, the call. And uh, I think that, you know, we're all continuing to mourn. And a lot of my neighbors here in North St. Louis um, have felt very hopeless, um, some of them for for their entire life around this situation. And so um, it's good that we're having the conversation, uh, but we obviously have some work to do. We do. You have helped and worked, and you've been doing this for a number of years, restore St. Louis, in particular an area of North St. Louis, to try to get people uh, back on track, to get people in homes, to get people uh, to think differently, to get people to come together. Uh, describe how Love the Lou came about. Yeah, my uh, my wife and uh, and our kids. We moved into North St. Louis uh, ten years ago now, and uh, with we had the uh, the sole motivation of just bringing love, good news to the city. And so we've been going uh, pretty much one neighbor at a time, one neighborhood at a time, and. Uh, We've had an army of volunteers join us, and so we really see this uh, as more than even a nonprofit. It's a movement of restoration where there are so many people that are on the outside that come to us and say, we want to get involved. We want to know what we can do to help, um, and, uh, and then we plug them into being part of the solution. When I was in high school, I played basketball, and one of my teammates named Jason, who is black, uh, and I had a conversation, and he said, you know, 
you're cool to hang out with, man. And I said, I, um, you know, I, you're my friend and, you know, I, I'm colorblind. I don't see, I don't see color. I see people. And he said, he looked me in the eye and he goes, no, he goes, I don't want you to say that. I, I, I don't want you to think that and feel that. I want you to understand who I am and what I go through and, um, what people of color go through every day and that it was an honest answer and response and conversation that we had and i never forgot it and i think it it stands true today doesn't it lucas that yeah we're not taking sides here we're not asking anyone to take a side what we're asking is for people to listen to each other because the only way that we can solve or come up with a solution or even get on track and and get a plan together for a solution is for everyone to play a part Exactly, exactly. And, and what you said right there with uh, the listening, we have to listen. And I think when we, and, and I'll speak as a white man, when I think I've listened and I'm ready for action, I probably need to listen again. Um, because there, this, everything that we're dealing with as a country, I mean, it has so many layers to it. There's so much history around this, uh, that listening is going to be so important for all of us. The relationships you write, uh, Love the Lou wrote this today, or actually overnight on Facebook, actually I think it was uh, early this morning, that uh, Mm -hmm. cultivating relationships between black and white, city and county, rich and poor. We believe that relationships are the catalyst for transformation and they are the driving force for systemic change. If you want to be a part of the change this country needs, let's talk. How can we, how can we get in touch with Love the Lou or any organization for that matter that we think can help us uh, open the conversation? What is the best step to do? If I'm sitting at home right now listening to this show and saying, you know, I've been silent on this. And while I, I, I'm, I'm being silent because I'm not sure what to say, I think maybe my silence uh, is a choice and I, and I want to choose to do something. What, what can I do? What would you say to that person? Well, I think that right now uh, there is an abundance of uh, good articles out there. There's an abundance of of history that we need to learn. So uh, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been just reading some books on on the civil rights uh, movement from the 60s, and that has really helped me – uh, understand a lot of what's happening here because we're not done. We're we're not finished with uh, what Martin Luther King Jr. started, and uh, and with many of the heroes back in in that time. And so um, I think that it's really important to uh, to listen through their stories, um, and then I'll I'll once again um, beat the drum of relationship. I think it's very important that we move beyond tokenism. Um, and we really seek out relationships, seek to understand where where people are coming from uh, that that might look different than us, and and from there, and, and this is something that Love the Lou as an organization uh, we do all the time, and we have been doing. And so, if you're if you're still stuck, um, uh, we would love to talk with you. Uh, so reach out to us. You can find us on social media. You can find us. On the web, info at lovethelou.com gets to us. Um, but but we're really in the business, of, rather than even pointing fingers, uh, of, 
of bringing solutions. And, and we feel like um, that the solutions are going to be rooted in relationships. And as a city, the more that we, be, we continue the conversation, instead of sweeping it under the rug or making excuses, um, as a city, the, the more that we can do that, uh, the healthier we will become. Lucas Rugley of Love the Lou, thank you very much for the time. Appreciate you leading off the show with me today. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great to talk to him. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will get into baseball. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is standing by for his radio show today. The Mike Schilt Show is next. Sports on a Sunday morning. I'm Tom Ackerman on KMOX. The following is a special presentation of Sports on a Sunday morning. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. The Cardinals manager is with us. Mike Schilt has joined us for another show here in the 10 o'clock hour. Always great to talk some baseball with him. Thanks again to Lucas Rugley for joining us in the first segment to talk about Love the Lou and the great work that they're doing in continuing the conversation about uh, our society right now in North St. Louis and beyond here in the city and county. Kyle McClellan will join us at the top of the 11 o'clock hour to discuss what his foundation is doing in those efforts. Mike, thank you for joining us. It is a, a time where we're doing a lot of reflection and also um, it's it's a it's a challenging time in our society right now. And, and all of us are taking a deep breath and, and moving forward each day. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, we all have a common bond in this, you know, everybody's experiencing it on some level, some more than others, and obviously physically and economically, everybody's sharing it um, on some level emotionally. And, you know, it's just, um, just requires us to, you know, continue to support one another and, and be good to ourselves and, and to, um, stay positive and, and look to move, move forward the best way we can. One thing that we did was get together in March and said, you know what, we're going to do this radio show. And it's a chance to let people unplug for a little while and experience a little baseball talk. And uh, it is as important today, I think, as it was on March 29th when we started. You know, I mean, baseball uh, does that for us, but baseball also brings us all together. And that's what I love it about does. it. Yeah, that's one of the things that we, we, uh, we love about our sport and um, just connect and just talk about, a, a, you know, it's a game, you know, it's, clearly it's a business as well, but um, it's still a game that we all enjoy on, from a lot of different lenses. But um, you talk about common bond. People listening here have a affinity for the, for the love of our game of baseball. It's required some patience because I know we're itching to get this thing started. I know you are as the manager of the team. And for me, I'll admit, I mean, while I am patient and I want uh, everything to work out and work out the right way, I mean, I have a business interest here. I want the Cardinals on KMOX. I mean, it would be great for us. Sure. But, but you know, we we do have to sit back and and, uh, let this thing play out, don't we? We do. You know, um, it'll play out. I'm, I'm still confident of that. and. You know the patience. Patience is required. It's um, you know, when you miss something you love, it's it's harder to be patient with it. But um, you know, it'll make it that much more sweeter when we're able to take the field again and get back to, um, you know, hitting and throwing and and playing cardinal baseball. I had some fun chatting you up on the garage happy hour. Thanks for jumping in and doing that. After I know it was a busy day, it seems like every day, kind of leading up to this is busy. But uh, you were you were able to jump in on the garage happy hour. It's great to have you. Yeah, that was a great. That's a great deal you got going there. I was, uh, I enjoyed doing. That was fun. 
It was good. Just uh, kicking back. I was having a little Tito's and just uh, listening to some baseball stories from Mike Schilt. Uh, but it, you are. You're kind of, uh, at this point, just kind of getting yourself in, in baseball mode. Not that it ever left you, but you've got to prepare as if uh, the green light goes on, right? Yeah, that's, um, you know, through this whole thing, again, I've, I've said this, you know, initially I just want to make sure everybody was safe and kind of fortified it and got home and, and had their, you know, essentials and, you know, clearly we continue to check in on the guys and the staff um, to make sure everybody's in a, in a, in a good place and, and everybody seems to be, you know, doing, doing well. And then, you know, turn to, turn to baseball and, you know, use the word a lot fluid, um, just staying fluid with what's going on. And, you know, we don't want to ramp up too much with what, you know, from a baseball perspective, physically with the guys and even to some degree emotionally for them. But, um, you know, we, we've started, you know, plan and and you know we've been in communication with guys and um just just stay ready so when when the you know when the go sign happens you know we're we're more, we're more than ready and and we can start to implement our our you know second wave of spring training get ready for a season and once that happens and you get into the season again we don't know exactly where those games are going to be played john Mosellock told us you know they'd love to have things happen in st louis but that that is still to be determined just so people know spring training 2.0 and the baseball season, no set dates for those. It all comes down to an agreement between the players' union and the owners. But when that does happen, we'll have uh, a, a plan that the Cardinals and other major league clubs can execute, and then it's go time. And, you know, I think just to know overall, Mike, looking at your club in spring training, I think you feel good about your club, and we haven't really talked about those three phases uh, in a little while, but pitching, defense, and offense – I believe that your pitching is extremely deep and kind of fun, the moving parts that you could work with, especially in a fast-paced, maybe double-header-filled type season. Defense, we know, is good. That's buttoned up. And then your offense, probably a little better than than has been given credit for. I think, I think seeing is believing, but the numbers were up, weren't they, in, in Grapefruit League? Yeah, I know. I mean, you're right, Tom. You know, we feel comfortable um, and confident in all those areas, but we don't want to you know, we're not going ever going to get too comfortable. We want to always continue to work, move forward and and make sure that we're we're fortifying all those areas um, as you know top tier strengths for our club and in the league. But um, you know, specific to the offense, I, I was really pleased with um, the 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 plan of what we were doing in spring training. I, I was really really um, confident what was going on there, and and you know when and the work was taking place, the guys were. Um, and I'm sure still are individually, you know, getting after it. But and not to minimize the guys weren't working hard, you know, last year because they definitely were doing that as well. But, um, you know, it takes a while for, for things to kind of gel for guys and, and groups and philosophies and thoughts. And, um, you know, it's just it, – it really kind of just did just that. It, um, you know, the spring was very positive on a, on a lot of fronts and offensively that as well. And – you know, we, we got in 22 games in the Great Foot League, and, you know, it's a, a couple of things, small sample size, and, you know, you, varying degrees of, of, you know, opportunities for guys. But collectively, if you look at the big picture of it, um, you know, the guys were, you know, our group did a, a lot of a lot of positive things, you know, relative to, to what we want to do as far as, you know, getting good pitches to hit and taking tough quality at-bats. And, and our situational hitting was, was, was clearly um, – more consistent as well. So very optimistic about the offense. What about at the top of the order and not just leadoff, but first and second, how do you, um, 
I, it just seems like you have a lot of options there. And I'm not asking you to run through them all because we might leave somebody out. But but I, I just, uh, to me, you've got, you have the ability to drive in runs. It's all about getting those uh, players to set the table, isn't it? And And actually... Eight and nine become important. I know the pitcher bats ninth. Well, maybe not if they have DH, but uh, eight and nine uh, become very important too in that respect, don't they? Yeah, they do. And um, at the end of your point, I, I think um, we're likely to see, you know, the designated hitter um, for this year's entirety, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. where we play. Um, I think that'll be a universal um, in, in our sport. So, um, but yeah, the bottom of the order is really important to, to turn it over. Um, and, and, you know, to get rid of that, those top two couple spots, as you mentioned, and for those guys to be able to um, get on as well and, and create opportunities for those guys in the middle. Um, but really, you know, the the best lineups are the deepest lineups that allow, allow you to get through it. And they're just not a easy out um, in the lineup. And if you do that, you just wear on starters and you, know, you make it hard for, for clearly the relievers. And that, that's important over the course of a series. But, you know, guys – at the top, they do set the tone, and we do have options for sure. That you do. And I, one player I wanted to, to talk about who has made quite an ascent, and we know he just won a gold glove, and but, but he always had the ability there. But Colton Wong's become some hitter. I mean, and what is it that you've seen over the last couple of years that he's really developed? He is a veteran player that is tough to get around. Yeah, I think he just hit it. I think being a, you know, coming into his own and, and getting the experience of playing and, and taking advantage of those experiences and become more of a veteran player in the league and on our team now that, um, you know, it, 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 Colton, Colton's got a lot of skill sets, as we know, clearly a great defender. And um, he's got a lot of ability with the bat. And, uh, you know, his ability to, to hit the ball and drive it um, probably worked against him a little bit. You know, it took him a little, you know, A, there's going to be an adjustment period to figure out you know, how you, how you stay in the big leagues offensively. That's, that's pretty much, you know, every, every hitter has, you know, goes through that and some guys go through it quicker and some guys takes a little longer and some guys, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen for. Um, and, and, and so, you know, Colton just took a little while to figure out what kind of hitter he was. He had some pop in his bat and, um, you know, try to figure out that he was going to get pitched and the adjustments were going to make to him and, you know, there's a, it takes a while for that to happen. And to his credit, he's, he's been able to, to figure out what kind of hitter he is and what kind of approach he needs to have. And, and um, you know, he's been able to be very effective, you know, the last year and a half or so um, offensively and more consistent. You know, he's been effective in the past as well. I don't want to minimize that he's not been able to, right. to be a productive major league player. But, you know, the consistency is, is you know, king in our sport, you know. And um, he was able to – he's been able to do that. And, He's been able to do it against righties and lefties and um, just has a good approach and, and simplified things. And, you know, just knows who he is and he's letting his talent work. Yeah, I've noticed, and he's always been great to talk to in the clubhouse, but that he does stand up and make statements on behalf of the team to reporters quite often. And I, I don't know how much attention you pay to that. I'm sure that you do. You're aware of everything that's going on. But Colton really has stepped into this leadership role. I can I can hear it in his voice and see it in his eyes. He's very he's he's become a lot more comfortable being that type of person. Yeah, I think um, you know he's again just settled into kind of player he needs to be. He's established himself as a as a quality player for us and in this league. And 
and um, you know, just in general, it's going to give you give you confidence, and and um, you know, it's just good to see Colton uh, mature in that manner and grow in that manner, and, and feel comfortable that you know he's a he's a you know quality major league player, and and can um, you know definitely you know cares about how we do as a group, and and um, is confident in how we're doing things, and and is willing to willing to share. Continuing to look at your team up the middle, we'll come back when we take a break and come back. We'll talk about Paul DeYoung. There's a unique weapon at shortstop for the Cardinals. He hit 30 home runs last year, but he also played a lot and hit 233. We'll ask Mike Schilt to evaluate his shortstop, who is still, and you forget how young he is. He was only 25 last year in his all-star season. Back in a moment, it's the Mike Schilt Show. The Cardinals manager is with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 1028 on KMOX. Now, back to the Mike Schultz Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. The young deep in the box, the one-strike pitch is hit deep to left field. Down the line, stay fair, baby. And it does. Big fly. Paul DeYoung, and we're tied at one. Home run number 29 for Paulie D. That was a no-doubter. That was at Wrigley Field on September 22nd. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show. Tom Ackerman with you with the Cardinals manager. Paulie hit that one the day after he hits the home run in the ninth inning that gave the Cardinals a 9-8 lead and beat the Cubs on that Saturday afternoon. He just grabs a bat and goes right back at it the next day. Yeah, That's the kind of player that he is. 159 games played last year. That is remarkable. That's a lot of baseball. Yeah, it's a lot of baseball, a little bit of a throwback to, you know, um, I mean, you know, Ripken played every day for a long time. And, you know, um, you know, Paulie's a, Paulie's a very intentional, like a lot of our guys, are. our guys want to play, you know, and um, that's one of the things, many things I love about our group, you know, uh, we got a bunch of guys who just, I mean, they want to be in there every day um, and they want to contribute and play. And um, But Paulie, like a lot of our guys, he's really, really um dedicated to to getting on that field every day um and that's off the field he takes good care of himself um you know he does what he's got to do prior to the game in preparation and um you know he's really smart about how he works to keep himself fresh and ready to play and you know he's one of those guys um that that you know gary larock our farm director you know he's got he does a great description of, of of players like you know how's the guy beat the other team and paulie has developed into a player and continues to develop and is intentional about figuring out all his different skill sets and different ways to beat the other team. And, you know, it's just having him in that lineup is, is important for us. And, and, um, you know, he can beat you with the glove, which I thought, you know, he was, you know, Ahmed did a great job at short, didn't see him a lot. I had him in the fall years ago, but, you know, really, really good defensive player, but, you know, Paul, he's right there. He's one of the best defensive shortstops in the, in our league. And, and um, can clearly hurt you with the bat, and and uh, just a guy that likes to play, and is you know, it's it's good to have him in that lineup. Boy, he is good in that field. And I'll admit, I thought he would be a third baseman. I, I thought he would be a better third baseman than anything else. He looks so good at the high corner. I actually, it's that's probably not wrong. He probably would be a really good third baseman. I think the point is how good of a shortstop he made himself into. It's remarkable that that is about dedication. No, it is. It kind of sums up Paulie because, um, you know, a lot of people probably know his story, but for those who don't, you know, Paulie didn't play shortstop. I think he played a, a small handful of innings, actually caught some, um, but he didn't play any shortstop in college and um, got in our system and was playing third base. 
Um, and I applaud um, Danny Billardello, our double-A manager at the time, and Mark DeJohn, our retired field coordinator, and, and, and Gary, who I mentioned that um, I, I know DJ went in and um, the Springfield, and, and you know, they said, let's, let's put them in a game at short and see what happens. And, and then Pop, our third base coach now, Ron Warner, was our infield rover at the time, and he went in there and was like, yeah, this plays. And, um, you know, this guy learned at the highest levels of professional baseball how to play a position. They got the big leagues fairly quickly, to your point earlier, about how young he is still. And um, get probably a lot of credit for being able to adjust and learn and do that on the on the fly. And, um, you know, he's a he's a really good athlete. He's, he's also – he's got all the ta- intangibles. You know, he's got the work ethic to, to support it and the, and the intelligence to, to, to support it as well uh, with his physical ability. So, um you know, really special talent, great guy, and, and um, glad he's on our club. You would know this a lot better than me because you're his manager and you spend every day with him, but he doesn't seem like a, a look-back kind of guy. He's very much present and also looking forward and, and looking to see what's ahead, but a very present person. Uh, case in point, he hits two thirty three last year. So, you know, that's it's a lot of strikeouts and a lot of outs, but... Uh, he comes out in spring training, and I know it's spring training and pitchers are working on things, but you can't ignore a 464 batting average. Uh, he he came out and absolutely slugged, and he did it all throughout your spring training schedule, Mike. Yeah, you know, he, um, consistency is, again, a word we use with him. And, um, yeah, Paulie Paulie was showing the ability to have that consistent approach and trusting his ability more and kind of alluding to that similar conversation about Colton earlier and um you know you, you know take there's this this league is challenging and I think it you know it's probably more challenging for hitters now and that can be debatable um it, it's always been a challenge to hit a baseball as we know uh hardest thing to do in all the sports getting getting even more challenging um to put up numbers in a sense you think about um you know the, the all the different analytics that that make it a little clearer on on how to how to pitch pitch hitters and of course the shifts and how to position guys and um, guys are throwing harder. I mean, the velocity's gone up on average about four miles an hour in the last seven or eight years. Um, so you know all those go against the the hitter and you know so Paulie's Paulie's making his adjustments to be that consistent guy and and um, you know he. he was able to get off to a really good start last year and the and, and then, you know, scratched and called and competed um to have us those big hits that you just, you know, played earlier towards the end of the year after, you know, having a couple of stretches that, you know, were a little rougher for him. But, you know, in presence a great word for Paulie and it's a word that we use a fair amount and um, you know, stay present and and stay stay use your focus and energy on what's taking place at in a given moment. And Paulie does a really good good job of that and is is continuing to do a better job of it, you know, on the offensive side. So DeYoung and Wong have been working together, uh, as uh, you let us know, and that had happened mm-hmm. in St. Louis. And Tommy Edmond was planning on joining them. Did that happen? Was he able to, to work with those two? Yeah, those three have been um, together. Colton and Paul have been together for um, the last six weeks um, working out. And then Tommy joined them um, on the 11th. Um, of May, so he's been with them for a couple of weeks now, and and um, yeah, they've been been getting after it, and and uh, you know taking ground balls and getting swings in, and and uh, doing doing things that they can do to work together to stay sharp. 
really something to think that the kid from La Jolla, Tommy Edmond, is a rookie. Well, he just finished his rookie year. I mean, he, I don't, you don't, I don't know that you do what you do without Tommy Edmond. He, he was remarkable for this team down the stretch and in the playoffs. He was somebody, even in that Washington series, he was hitting the ball hard, wasn't he? Yes, yes, good, just a good baseball player, kind of a get it done guy, and. Um, you know, clearly it was a collective effort, and a lot of people, as Tony will say, put their pieces in last year. And and um, but you know, Tommy put a big piece in last year to, you know, to to give us a lot of different things. Um, to to you know, offensively, defensively, he was able to you know play in a multiple positions, and and um, you know did so very impressively, and and had a lot of big moments for us last year, and, and was a big part of what our success was, and and looking forward to him, you know contributing again this year where does he play that's the big question tommy edmund plays wherever you put him <laughs> i mean that's the answer he, that's what he would say if i asked him and uh you have played him in multiple spots and he's shown up and delivered uh, you know i think that whether he would start or be used as a super sub a super utility it's a an opportunity to get him in in a game every single day isn't it yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, um, it'll it'll open up maybe some opportunity for him with the possibility of the DH. Um, and you know, in the National League setting, you know, with the double switches and and so forth, you know, he's such a valuable guy in that regard as well, which gets him on the field if he's not starting. You know, basically every every game um, and allow him to make an impact. Um, and and he'll still make impact, and and you know, we'll get. You know, potentially more opportunities with that with that DA spot coming available, but um, you know, but yeah, he'll 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 be on the field and he'll he'll help us. Uh, there's no question about that. He was a sixth round pick by the Cardinals in 2016. Isn't it something how the draft works? And that, look, sixth round, those are good ball players for sure. But I mean, he's he's playing like a top selection. The draft, the the amount of work that goes into with and it's coming up here in the next uh, several days the the MLB draft. The amount of work that goes into researching these players is really something. I know that Randy Flores has a challenge on his hands these days, but they're still getting after it and working extremely hard. Yeah, they are. I talked to Mo um the other day him and Flo, you know, we're going to go to dinner and um you know, but they've been they've been working really really hard as they do every year in different circumstances. Clearly, um, without a um, you know think about evaluating you know a draft class that a will be shorter, b didn't have a lot of time to really evaluate and see. You know, it's a different way of having to figure out how to get the opinions and and um, you know have meetings with with your scouts with with you know the lack of ability to to connect um, physically. So. Um, but I'm confident that that's got an department to be organized and, and, um, have them in the right order. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get your thoughts on last year's division series and a few other things, but we are going to replay at noon, Mike game four of the 2019 NLDS. We'll just call it the Yachty game. We'll have a couple of highlights from that and much more on the way here in just a bit. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 1042. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Back after this. Now, back to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. 
Welcome back to the show. Our final segment with the Cardinals manager coming up after the 11 o'clock news is Kyle McClellan, the 2011 world champion. Former Cardinals pitcher will be with us to talk about a number of things, including the work that his foundation is doing right here in the city of St. Louis. At 11.20, Tom Deary of the Illinois Motorsports Coalition. 11.30, John Mosaloc, Cardinals president of baseball operations. And then Chris Raby at 11.45 will get us ready, not only for his special that he's been doing, 2011 Revisited, but what's coming up here at noon, Game 4 of the 2019 NLDS. Mike, before we dive into that uh, and get your thoughts on what we're about to hear this afternoon, we have a question on Twitter from a listener. His name is Troy, and uh, Troy wanted to know if uh, you thought, or he said, could you ask Mike if he thinks the average Cardinals fan knows just how deep the Cardinals are at the catching position. Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. I'll answer one thing for you. I think you know that most Cardinals fans are aware. They they know everything, it seems. But uh, uh, you are pretty deep at that catching position, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think clearly there's a people know, um, you know, what our what we have not only in the big leagues, but you know, it's, it's a very informed fan base as far as our minor league system and. Um, just what we have in our system and the, the players that, you know, are coming, coming as well. And, you know, it starts with number four though, you know, I mean, there's plenty of depth just right there with Yachty. Um, and of course, Weedy, you know, having Mark Weeders back, Matt Weeders back is, is, um, is cr- crucial too. I can't tell you how much, um, Weedy helps our club. Um, even when he's not playing, um, obviously it helps us when he is playing. He did, he had a kind of a Tommy Edmond, you know, last year with not, quite as many opportunities, but, you know, did a lot of really great things for us when, when Yachty was down um, for a little bit of time last year. And he's a tremendous clubhouse guy, not only in the fact he's a high character guy, but super smart baseball guy that um, moves people's needles around him and just has residual benefit and value. And, um, you know, but getting into that depth a little bit more, you know, Andrew Kisner um, contributed for us last year, did a nice job and, and, um, you know, continues to, to improve behind the plate and all the aspects that come with that territory. And, and then to get some younger guys that, um, you know, had, had good camps as well that, you know, gives much chance to play as much in, in big league camp, but um, did a nice job and are, and are having, having, um, you know, good, good minor league careers that are propelling them to, to get to the big leagues, you know, um, Herrera um, went to the fall league, just a young, young player, but um, more advanced for his years, mature, um, Ortega had a nice camp. Um, Jose Cadoy has been a solid guy that's helped us out at a couple of different levels the last several years. And, um, Rodriguez has done a nice job for us as well, um, in the system. And, you know, there's some real, real, real talent there that, um, you know, but we, we like our guy that's been there for, for the last, uh, you know, 13 years or so, um, in Yachty. How does he do it? How does, how does he stay in good physical shape? And and uh, you know, I I know he works at it, but he he is something else. He is something else, and um, he is a unique, special uh, talent in, in in all phases. You know, um, physically clearly gifted, but but honors his gifts with how he he takes care of himself and his his dedication. Um, you know, it's it's very impressive, um, and I believe all our guys are. You know, they take care of themselves. They're dedicated. But Yachty's in that different, you know, elite category in that regard. He's he's very, very, very intentional about how he how he takes care of himself and how he works out. And 
and is dedicated to it, you know, during the season, outside the season, um, you know, I'll, I'll connect with him, um, you know, during the week. And, and he's, you know, sometimes we have Zoom calls or we FaceTime or whatever, and he's always got a sweat going, almost always. <laughs> you know, he's doing something. Um, and then such a smart player, you know, I think we, you know, well-documented, but a big separate him. He sees the game so darn well. and But, again, he studies it. You know, he studies his craft. He loves the game. He's so passionate about it. And um, he just, you know, just I was thinking earlier about, you know, the last dance and, and Michael Jordan a little bit. And I don't like to compare guys, but the commonality of what makes people special. And, you know, you look at, and, and being from North Carolina, you know, got some history knowing, the, you know, Jordan's story, but such a well-done documentary. And, and I started thinking about Yachty, just very similar, you know, that competitive spirit, that drive, that desire to win. Um, and then the, the emotional and physical um, skill sets to match it, but also the work ethic to, to get the most out of it. So just a special, special talent. He really is, Yadi or Molina. And here it is. This is the moment he's had so many in his career. And we actually, starting this week, are going to replay the 2006 NLCS and then World Series. And he had a monster home run in the 2006 NLCS. But anyway, this is the 2019 NLCS. So here we are 13 years later, and he's still doing it. This is the eighth inning in Game 4, Bush Stadium. Cardinals facing elimination. And with one out, Paul Goldschmidt doubles to left. Then Marcelo Zuna with the crowd roaring, big moment there, but he called out on strikes. He had some huge moments earlier in that series. So that brought up Yadier Molina. Here's John Rooney. Goldsmith at second. Two outs in the eighth inning in Atlanta, up by one. Green ready. The pitch. Molina swings, and he loops it off Freddie Freeman's glove into right field. Tie game. Goldschmidt scores. Molina jumps, throws his right fist into the air. Yachty has tied the game with a single that Freeman missed making the catch by inches. What a great call. What a great moment. By inches is right. It was so close. You had a, a close view as anybody, Mike. It was right in front of you. Yeah, it was... Um... It's clearly a big hit, and loved hearing the fans chanting Yachty's name. Um, just a goosebumps bringing back that memory. And, you know, he hit it, and you just weren't sure. I mean, Freeman's a good defensive player and, you know, lanky guy. And he just uh, he got enough of it to get out there. And, and um, another big moment for Yachty to, to tie that game. And, of course, you know, he may be playing it, but, um, you know, set, up, set himself up and us up for a a bigger moment to, to walk them off later. Here it is. Tenth inning. Colton Wong leads off. The right-hander's pitch. Wong swings. Hits it down the left field line. That ball is going to drop fair. The ball rolls around the corner. In fact, it bounces over the sidewall for a ground rule leadoff double. And Wong is the winning run in the tenth. So Goldschmidt is up again. They walk him intentionally. So Goldie takes first. And then Ozuna forces uh, Goldschmidt as the pitcher throws to second and gets him. And Wong goes over to third. So Colton is standing there with one out. And the batter is Yachty. Wong is the winning run at third with one out in the bottom of the 10th inning. Julio Tehran from the stretch. Now the pitch. Molina swings, and it's a high fly ball. Left field. This should win it. The catch is made by Duvall. Tagging at third. Wong comes down the line. The throw home. We're going to game five. Wong scores. 
scores on the game-winning sacrifice fly by Yadier Molina. And in St. Louis, for game four of the NLDS, it's a Redbird winner. Yes, it is, and it did force a game five, which you went on to win, and we're going to air that game tomorrow on KMOX. But that moment, that bat flip, by the way, Yachty just fired. The, where did that thing end up? Out in the outfield, just about. Uh, but it was it was some moment, wasn't it, to see number four and his teammates bouncing up and down around him? Yeah, special moment. Um, you know, obviously a big win for us, and another quality bat by Yachty. He just has that ability to um, – and alluded to the situational hitting, he's a, he's a really a, a poster child for it, which is why he can hit at different places in the lineup and 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 be productive. Um, and you know, a lot of times his production, you know, doesn't show as much. Moving a runner, you can hit and run with him, but you know, Yadi understands the game so well. He just you know, every situation is a situation. Yadi understands it and know what it's called for. And you know, you're just trying to, you know. Um, put the ball in play and just try to get a base hit, which he did, you know, to drive in Goldie to tie the game. And he knows that we need a, a sack fly and, and, um, you know, was able to, to just put a good swing on and get the ball in the air and, and, um, you know, bring, bring Colton home. Game four of the 2019 NLDS. It was a four hour, six minute game. You will hear it in its entirety starting at noon today right here on the home of the Cardinals, KMOX. Dakota Hudson will throw the first pitch shortly after noon going up against Dallas Keuchel in the playoffs at Bush Stadium. We've talked at length about what happened in the next series, losing to the Nationals, but it, it was something we really wanted to do was play classic games, and we think those three wins in the NLDS certainly were classics, all of them, and in many different ways. Cardinals going in and making a statement in Game 1. The terrific comeback winner in game four and then the dominance early in game five and taking the crowd out of the game and winning that series. Mike, we appreciate these times as always. Again, thanks for the garage happy hour. It was cool of you to do it. Uh, I loved having you on. You joined a great guest list of people and, and you made it even better. So thank you for doing that and thanks as always for these radio shows on Sunday morning. We'll catch up with you next week. My privilege. Thanks, Tom. Have a blessed day. You too. There's the Cardinals manager with us on KMOX. Always love talking to him. James O'Sullivan is our producer. Cole Duggar is also here behind the glass. Brian Kelly is in the newsroom working hard on a story at the top of the hour. He will have it for you. And then we'll come back with former Cardinals pitcher Kyle McClellan. That will be at 11.05 on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.